It's interesting to see what uh, people write about. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast on the uh, internet from our studios in Malibu, California, regarding the, the use and abuse of the 820 rule. Brad Kearns here, the host in studio in Malibu, California with Mark Sisson. Thanks for being back here. Uh, today, I think we should talk about the 80-20 rule, which was one of the principles you laid out in the Primal Blueprint. It's really resonated and become a popular discussion topic at your live events and also possibly a little misunderstood, perhaps. Well, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting to see what uh, people write about on the uh, Internet regarding the the use and abuse of the 80-20 rule. Originally, the 80-20 rule was there because, you know, we, we had this saying on Mark's Daily Apple, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good, that you should strive for 100%, and if you ultimately arrive at 80-20, you've still succeeded. So don't beat yourself up for those few mistakes that you make in trying to be compliant with all of the things on the primal blueprint, and particularly all of the, the you know, the 10 primal blueprint laws. Over time, it would appear that the 80-20 rule has been kind of absorbed into the paleo community as, well, it's okay, I'm, I'm paleo or primal 80% of the time, and I'm not 20% of the time. And then when you look at their, their food charts, it looks like they're, they're actually being quite generous. They're probably you know, primal 60% of the time and not 40% of the time. So there's a, a tremendous amount of leeway with this 80-20, but the original intent was try to be as, as compliant as possible, and on those days when you make a mistake or fall off the wagon, just get right back up and, and get on. And as long as you, in retrospect, or 20%, had, had only only 20% of, uh, of the mistakes that you made, then that's probably still going to lead you down the right uh, direction toward better health and, and fitness. So the big word there, I think, is in retrospect, because that implies that you weren't shooting for 80%, you were shooting for 100, let's say. Yeah, and, and, you know, and so what, what emanates from that uh, in the discussion boards and the forums is, well, that means that you must uh, be promoting some form of orthorexia if you're telling people to shoot for 100%. And, you know, that's a word that I, I, I've come to kind of dislike, I guess, uh, orthorexia. You know, this concept that uh, we're too caught up in trying to eat right and therefore we've become, uh, you know, we've, we've, we've got our own little form of eating disorder because we're trying too hard to be compliant with a uh, primal or paleo eating strategy. But the reality is, you know, it's, it's important that we, that we seek out the better foods and it's important that we try to avoid the bad guys. The question now is, with all of the research done in the last three or four years, what are the bad guys? Are they really as bad as we thought they were? Because, you know, initially when the uh, Primal Blueprint came out, you know, I was quite adamant, I still am, that that sugar is not a great thing for you, that the less sugar you burn in your lifetime, probably the better off you are. And the, the corollary to that is that the more that you uh, are, are able to burn fat on a regular basis, the healthier you'll probably be. But in, in the pursuit of that, a lot of discussion has been had about, well, what is an appropriate amount of carbohydrates? And when I talk about fat-burning beasts and, you know, how we can reconfigure ourselves to derive most of our energy from our stored body fat on a daily basis, um, and that's a skill that we should all develop, other people say, well, wait a minute, you know, glucose is still an important fuel, and the brain still needs some glucose, and, you know, that leads into all these discussions about the idea of safe starches and you know how much of 
that is appropriate. How what's what's an appropriate amount of carbohydrate for for the average person? So it's uh, it gets back to the experiment one and the fact that you know there's a template that I've offered up that says generally if you can eat less than 150 grams of carbs in a day, you'll be on your way to being a healthier individual and and to the extent that you uh, eat more than 150 or say 200 grams of carbs a day, there's a likelihood or a risk that you'll gain weight over the years and that's probably not an appropriate amount of, of carbohydrate to take in. That's probably a little bit too much of a glucose load for most people. But, uh, and this has been something I've studied recently in the, just in the past couple of years, humans have a tendency to do what they can get away with. And if that means that I can get away with eating more sugar or more candy or more starch and I don't gain weight and I don't seem to be becoming type 2 diabetic, then, you know, why, why would I want to deprive myself of these hedonic pleasures? People tend to see what they can get away with. And across the board, they tend to see, that people tend to see if they can get away with less sleep. Well, you know, I know I need eight hours, Mark, and I, I, I read about, you know, the idea that we need good uh, sleeping patterns and sleeping habits, but, gee, there was a concert last night. I got back at 1 o'clock. I woke up at 7 this morning. I, f- I still feel pretty good. I think I can get away with that. So the fact that you can get away with it doesn't necessarily mean that it's good for you or that in the long run it's going to be a good thing. On the other hand, the fact that you can get away with it means that that it's not manifesting itself in any issues right now. Well, what's the right choice? And that that brings us back to my original premise of the Primal Blueprint, which is I don't have the answers. I don't. I don't. I can't tell you what's right or wrong. I can just give you information to educate yourself, to empower yourself, to make choices. And when you make those choices, to be able to understand the potential ramifications of those choices. And if you make the kind of choices that follow the Primal Blueprint, I can assure you that there's a pretty good likelihood that you will achieve the results that you seek. Maybe more so than eating a pizza and drinking, you know, Diet Coke all day long. Um, so, anyway, I don't know where I'm going with that other than the fact that the 80-20 rule kind of opened up this whole discussion point about, well, you know, where are the boundaries for people who are trying to be primal and trying to be compliant and trying to, uh, you know, extract the greatest possible uh, life for themselves. Well, you, you hit that point pretty hard in the seminar, too, about the, the, the series of choices. And I think one thing that we struggle with is we have these stated goals. I want to drop this 10 pounds of body fat. I know how to do it because Mark Sisson told me in his book. But here's the cheesecake platter coming at me. And now your choices are getting jumbled up. And it's, it's what, you know, what's the relative importance of your goals versus uh, chewing this thing and having it go down and taste good in your mouth. Yeah, and that's that's a, those are decisions we face every day. Uh, the fact that this one piece of cheesecake isn't going to kill me right now, and it's not going to necessarily derail my plans if I if I only have a couple of bites of cheesecake now and then I get back on the program tomorrow. So here's the thing: when we face that cheesecake question, it's it's probably wise to ask oneself, are the three or four minutes of gustatory pleasure that are provided by this cheesecake worth the several hours of tossing and turning uh, all night because of, uh, you know, an increased uh, insulin, cortisol, adrenaline response, and whatever else is going to happen because you've so finely tuned your system right now? 
and the guilt tomorrow for having had that entire piece of cheesecake, when in fact one or two bites might be all you need to satisfy that immediate hedonistic impulse to have the cheesecake, so you literally can have your cake and eat it too. And that's that's a, a, another skill that we develop within this Primal Blueprint eating strategy, which is at what point am I no longer hungry for the next bite? So with regard to a chocolate piece of chocolate or cheesecake or whatever, you know, if one or two bites will satisfy that craving, then go for it. And, you know, if, if that's something that, look, I do this because I want to enjoy my life. The reason I engage in the Primal Blueprint isn't so that I can live the longest possible life and win that contest. It's so that I can enjoy every bite of every of all the food I eat, uh, every moment of every day, so that I can enjoy. I can spend more time playing. So I exercise in the gym so that I can I can play uninjured and 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 do better at play. All of these things are contemplated to improve my quality of life on a minute by minute, day by day basis, and included in that concept are the idea that I can have a bite of cheesecake once in a while and have that be all I need. So you're giving us permission to have some level of indulgent treat anytime we want? That's always been the issue. I mean, that's always been the case with the Primal Blueprint. And, and you know, that's been an issue with uh, some of the more um, militant paleo programs out there. You know, if you if you uh, have one spoonful of sugar or you know, one one bit of soybean oil in a dressing that you hadn't read the label on, uh, you lose your your paleo card. Uh, that's not the case with the Primal Blueprint. We're back to, you know, on balance, am I eating in a way that's going to promote the sorts of gene switches that I want to promote? Am I going to build some muscle? Am I going to burn some fat? Am I going to decrease inflammation? When you, when you look at it in terms of 30,000 feet in a big picture and what is the uh, result of a day's worth of these choices... And on balance, you know, did I advance my, my goal a little bit toward being that lean, strong, fit, happy, healthy, productive human being that I wanted to be? And if the answer is, yeah, on balance, I did advance that, then, hey, you win. Okay, what if the answer 60 days from now is, eh, not really, and I, I'm still carrying this excess 10 pounds of body fat that I re- that's really harming my enjoyment of life? Well, one, the first question I'd ask is 10 pounds of body fat actually harming your enjoyment of life. Uh, if it's that important to you, then the first thing I'd do is I'd go back and, and evaluate where you came from. So if you lost 75 pounds to get to the point where you only have 10 more pounds to lose, then I'd say, okay, that's, look at the success you've had thus far. That's amazing and transformative, and if you never did anything else from there, except maintain that body weight and, and continue to eat that way and continue to exercise and get your sleep and get sun exposure, then you are, you know, you're winning the game of life. And if you're enjoying life and you're, and you're able to maintain that body weight without having to sacrifice a lot more and without having to, you know, count calories and, and, and go to the next level, then I would ask myself, is it worth the, the, the sacrifices I might have to make to ditch that last 10 pounds? Now, if the answer is yes, it is worth the sacrifices, then we have to look at, okay, what's it going to take? Maybe you do have to you know, become that much more diligent to drop those extra 10 pounds. But I wrote a piece a while back on ideal body composition, and I want to remind the audience that ideal body composition isn't what you think because you looked at the cover of Victoria's Secret Catalog or Muscle and Fitness and said, I want to look like that. That's not necessarily your ideal body composition. Ideal body composition is where your body says, 
wow, uh, this is phenomenal. You've dropped 75 pounds or you've dropped 20 pounds. I have more energy. Uh, I don't get sick ever. You know, I, I maintain this weight with ease and with comfort and with enjoying my life. I have all the energy I need all day long to get through my day. That's what your body says is your ideal body composition. So let's, let's, let's be clear that ideal body composition from the, from the Darwinian uh, genetic point of view is how does this organism uh, maintain homeostasis and become the longest living, most productive, healthiest organism it can be at this particular body weight? Because evolution doesn't really care about the cover of Victoria's Secret magazine. That's great. I think that clears up. We started out talking about the 80-20 rule, and you can sense that confusion with people about what's the right thing to do. And even looking, I think, inappropriately to Mark Sisson for directives and regimented guidelines of what and what not to do. So I think uh, it sounds like the, the picture is clear now. Well, I hope so. I mean, maybe I've just muddied it, but the idea is that we're back to this experiment of one. I've provided a set of guidelines that if you follow them generically or generally, uh, you know, you'll trend toward your ideal body composition. At some point, you may want to experiment by, you know, throwing in a little bit more uh, resistant starch or maybe do a, a refeed once, once a week. Or, you know, there may be all of these different uh, little tweaks and hacks that we read about on the interwebs beyond Mark's Daily Apple that are worth experimenting with. But my, my goal is just for you to have a template to use as the starting point to arrive at a, at a healthier, more productive uh, life for yourself, a more enjoyable life for yourself. Thanks a lot, Mark, and uh, for the listeners, too. And if you have questions or topics you'd like to hear Mark Sisson discuss on the podcast, send them to Mark's Daily Apple, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening, and we hope you can join us at PrimalCon Tulum, March 1st through 6th, 2014, at the fabulous Dreams Tulum five-star resort on the Mexican Riviera. Please visit primalblueprint.com, and you'll see complete details under the Events tab, and including description of each day on the vacation and all the various room options at the resort.